listening. What's happening, boys and girls of the internet world? This is your buddy, Kid Bugles, and this is part two. Part two. Part two. Of the No One Is Listening Monday Night Wars podcast. I have my tag team partners right across from me. Hey, what's up? Dave here. What up, Dave? Hey, this is Derek. Dangerous Derek. Derek. Dangerous Derek. (laughs) And so this is episode two. This is our first two-parter at the No One Is Listening podcast because this Monday Night Wars topic is so crazy, jam-packed, full of stuff that we're not even going to touch on, but we're going to try to get as much as we can in uh, these next 45 minutes. And where we left off from episode one was basically, you know, taking NWA, a regional Southern Territory wrestling organization, morphing it into a more modern, competitive organization called WCW, going head to head with WWF, poaching their talent. So WCW has acquired Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage, The Outsiders, Hall and Nash, and WWF is still pushing Duke the Dumpster Drossy. So <laughs> what a lovely man. Yeah, here we are. The NWO in full swing. We got Hogan dropping legs on Savage. This is madness. This is crazy. Wrestlers with guaranteed contracts in WCW, all spearheaded by this little creepy guy named Eric Bischoff. And (laughs) over on WWF, you got Shawn Michaels super kicking Yokozuna. You got Farouk Assad beating up Savio Vega. I mean, some really heavy-hitting angles. And Bret Hart. Bret Hart Hart putting people in the modified figure four leg lock known as the sharpshooter. It was real crazy stuff. So the NWO, I didn't personally care about when it came out. I was not a WCW guy. I'm a WWF loyalist. Oh, yeah. To the point where I don't even like saying WWE. It still bothers me today (laughs) that I have to say WWE. You look agitated every time. I'm mad now. I'm so mad talking about it. What kind of problems do you have with the World Wildlife Fund, buddy? (laughs) I love animals. I love animals, too. I... You know, but that's how I am a loyalist, WWF. I grew up watching Hogan and, you know, the, all the Warrior and stuff. That was my jam. The Marty Jannetty, Shawn Michaels breakup. That was the vivid memories. The Warrior getting locked in the Undertaker's casket. Oh, like man. the whole deal, right? Bleeding that, black from the head from uh, Papa Shango. Oh. Papa Shango. <laughs> so this NWO stuff. I was like, nah, I'm cool on it. Like, I didn't really care. I was going to watch whatever WWF put out on Raw. But... I couldn't help but notice something was going on in WCW. Even back then, I was like, okay, something is happening. My friends are talking about NWO, seeing shirts everywhere. I was like, this is a pretty big deal. And no, I mean, it was a great shirt, too. It, it was, was a great black shirt. and white with the NWO letters on it. Yeah, it was fantastic. It was very easy. And so that's the thing, man. Like, I, I guess I didn't realize at the time what was happening. And it's really interesting now to kind of dive back in and, oh, wow, this there's all this history behind this. Mm-hmm. Monday Night Wars is a pretty big deal. So, you know, that's kind of where episode one left off. Formation of the NWO, the takeover of WCW, yeah. an organization within an organization. Yeah. WCW has the reins in the rating war. They are top dog now. Yeah. So they've the, taken over. They've taken yeah. over. WWF kind of wanted a taste on this whole faction thing by having like a million copycats, including... Um, Ministry of Darkness, Nation of Domination, Nation of Corporation, Domination. DOA, DOA, the Bikers, yeah. Los Bariquas, The Brood. But because of the NWO and all this stuff, it unleashed a new era. Yes. A nice cold Steve Weiser <laughs> oh, man. for my boy, because the Attitude Era is about to begin. Wow, I mean, I dude. Mm. That is a foul sound oh. on the... Uh, 
when it's just audio. Oh, no, it's so just give good. Give it a little sip on it's the so mic, good. dude. So good. So the Attitude Era. Welcome to modern wrestling. You have to adjust. You, you have, have to. have had to adjust. You yes. have to change with the times. Uh, look at American culture. Abuse and Butthead's huge. Uh, Howard Stern. Yep. South Park. J- South Park. Jerry yeah. Springer. All these things are edgy in your face. It was kind of led by one man who... Well, let me hold you there. Oh, hold... Okay, okay. There's a convergence on our two stories earlier. Okay. I told a story about Hacksaw Jim Duggan basically destroying the United States champion at the time in WCW, Mm -hmm. who later on got fired while he was at home mending his uh, rotator cuff surgery or something like that, and they fired him. Mm -hmm. David already mentioned about the curtain call. Mm -hmm. So here's where the convergence is. Hunter Hearst Helmsley at the time was supposed to win the King of the Ring. Yes, this is what I was hinting at. The punishment, he ended up not winning it. The win went to a guy who just gave up the ringmaster gimmick. He brought on this persona called Stone Cold. And Stone Cold who? Steve Austin. There we go. I'm going to pump the brakes on that a little bit. Because I think Stone Cold, yeah, he, I mean, he was the figurehead, the transition, mm. the absolute, like, this is the dude but that was going to carry the face of yeah. this company. You got to remember, WWF had, they tried out a million different things to try to catch up mm. to oh, WCW before the ringmaster dropped his moniker and turned into Stone Cold. You know, everything from Goldust being a total creep to like, you know, you guys oh, already... Goldust with the Marilyn Manson gimmicks. Right? Oh. I mean, there were some things that, you know, at that time they were trying to play catch up. Sonny, the diva, yes. um, they were trying to really market her as being the sex symbol. Well, and also uh, Sable, too, around the same around time. Around the same time, yeah. yeah. But, you know, that whole kickoff, you're right. That King of the Ring, Stone Cold, when he looked at, what, Michael... Um, Michael Hayes. Michael, Michael Hayes. Michael Hayes. Give the speech. Yeah. Stone Cold Steve Austin says, I just whipped your ass. And then Hayes looks all like, oh, he yeah. freaks out. He's yeah. an ass on TV. <laughs> on pay-per-view. You can't do that. God, he has a stupid look. Just watch the video. Hayes is such a pussy. It was also a change of the guard because you had the Montreal screw job with yeah. Bret Hart. That happens uh, about a year later. Yeah, um, but- after that, I know Stone Cold and Bret Hart had a match. At Survivor Series, oh, it was, that was Bret Hart's return match. So good. It's, 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 Great it's, match. It's an amazing match. Great match. That yeah. led to the WrestleMania yeah. match, which had the blood. Mm-hmm. Out of that like event, that WrestleMania is one of the worst WrestleManias to go down. But that match makes makes the event a lot higher. Mm. So if you ever go back and watch that WrestleMania, just watch that match. It is amazing. It's a great match. Drama. The blood really adds to it. Yeah. Um, they have Stone Cold pass out during the sharpshooter just bleeding all over the place. So it's never, crazy. He never submits, really. He just passes out from yeah. the pain. Yeah. It's, it's just great storytelling. It's nuts, dude. So the whole Stone Cold thing to me is McMahon realizing, like, okay, we cannot rely on cheesy comic book cartoony mm. gimmicks. Yeah. Let's get this dude that has an edge to him. We got to compete with NWO, who's breaking rules, breaking barriers. Like, that's kind of a tough guy. And at mm. that time, it was the anti-hero. Yes. yes. Like, that's like what was, Punisher. like, super popular. Yeah. Like, oh, cool. So we got this guy who Steve Austin, his whole career was like the Hollywood blonde with mm. Brian Pillman. Uh, he was yeah. a quiet, he was a quiet dude, but they didn't realize when he got on a mic, this dude was gold. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. the moment, you know, he, he shows his character. Oh dude, it just was on. Yeah. It was on from, from that King of the ring. And it really set the tone for what was happening. Cause I mean, I see in these notes here. Yeah. The screw job, that definitely was a big event, but Character development wise, Rocky Maivia. Oh yeah. When when he he is is a poster child of old WWF. 
versus new attitude mm-hmm. era WWF. Because yeah. when he came in, Rocky Maivia was a 18th generation wrestler. And he's Smiling super with the streamers oh, yeah, and the white streamers. boots. Just super cheesy. But when uh, he nice became The Rock, too. you know, The Rock was great. He was different. He could get on the microphone, cut some crazy, like, hardcore promos on people. That was cool. Mick Foley, mm-hmm. when he Man, came in, he was mankind, yeah. right? Crazy cellar dweller, fucking dude pulling his hair out, like, just talking to himself. But then he became Mick Foley and took on his the weird personas of Dude Love and Cactus Jack, and you just saw this. It was just a really unique storytelling device. Well, he um, had that interview with Jim Ross, where <laughs> he sat down with mankind and just kind of, like, talked to, like, a person, and they brought up, like, all the old clips of Mick Foley jumping yeah. off the garage and the mattresses. Being at uh, this... Yeah, yeah, seeing Superfly Snooka jump off the cage and oh, stuff yeah. like that. So they brought this realistic element into a character. Yeah. And he still went as mankind forever. Forever. Yeah. Forever. But un- until that Hell in a Cell match... Sure. It, Mick Foley then became... Like one of the top stars, absolutely. And he was a he was a cast off mm-hmm. as Cactus yes. Jack in WCW. Yeah. Yeah, no one was, cared about. He him. was Cactus Jack for a while in ECW as well, yeah. where he really honed in on the character as opposed to just uh, being a jobber almost. Being not necessarily a jobber, just a guy who could have a good hardcore match, but. Well, you know, WCW yeah. was more of a jobber. Mm, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was the Al Snow of WCW. So, uh, <laughs> so here's Ouch. the thing, man. Damn, um, squad. So you have these realistic angles in WCW Nitro. Mm. So what does WWF do? They pull this crazy, like real life storyline between Steve Austin oh, and Brian, Brian Pillman, Pillman oh. former tag team partners. Pillman's kind of nutty, kind of off his rocker, gets this injury, whatever. But they pull in some real life drama. And I do, I, we were just talking about this in between recording these episodes. When I watch the home invasion angle, it's fucking nuts. It, it's <laughs> yeah, when I watched it live, though, I was like, "What is happening, dude?" WWF went full on, thousand percent, full throttle yep. reality TV. That moment, that was it. That to me, that was the new WWF era because they had a camera inside Brian Pillman's home to do an interview with him. Stone Cold had like broken into his house during this interview. Pillman pulls out a gun. And the camera feed cuts. Oh, cuts, dude. So, such a hard cut. You're like, what, dude? A wrestler pulls a gun out at another wrestler? It was so crazy. And then it cuts back later to just chaos. And no one knows if, if Stone Cold's alive or not. That's hardcore, dude. They, WWF had to go on TV the next week and issue a public apology. Yeah. Yeah. Because it like it pissed a lot of people off and it, it hurt their uh, advertising. But oh, McMahon even at that time they were still they. Uh, I know Vince McMahon put out a promo with him just sitting there saying they're going to lean into more of shades of gray as opposed to good guy bad guy type of stuff. Because yeah. at the time Brian Pillman was a heel, Austin was a heel that was getting a lot of cheers, but they still wanted to portray him as a bad guy. Yeah, but. At the time, there was that Shades of Grey that helped out, really helped out that, especially with that little shoot right there. Oh, there's one thing that needs to be brought up, though. Let's do it. It's Shawn Michaels and Triple H. It's WWS answer to the NWO, and that's DX. D-Generation X. DX was one of those stables that actually worked. It did. Because that was like right after Shawn Michaels won the belt, and they were leaning more towards this Attitude Era. Yeah, more yeah. towards like a more mature audience. Yeah, like definitely. Sh- shining your personalities out, and Triple H and Shawn Michaels were just seeing what they can get away with. Yeah, totally. And people were eating it. Totally. Because they were just the class clowns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, at the time, too, uh, 
Triple H has always been a he's always been a straight edge guy. He's not he's not a drinker. He was yeah. always the designated driver for whenever mm. like Hall Nash yeah, and yeah. Michaels went out. Michaels at the time was very reckless, we'll say that. Okay. Um lots of pills, lots of lots of soma, yeah. which at the time was a a, a pain pill. Yeah. Don't forget about his uh, playgirl. His playgirl, <laughs> the, the one that Bret Hart always brings up, <laughs> just to say, "Oh, you know, women don't buy that, right?" <laughs> and then Shawn Michaels is like, "Well, what are you doing looking at it?" Yeah. <laughs> like, like the perfect comeback. Yeah, like, yeah well, it was like kids on the schoolyard insulting yeah, each other. Yeah. yeah, what are you doing looking at my dick, dude? <laughs> you know, you're right. It, it's just, it, but. They had to rebrand too. I mean, I remember the the transition with the new theme song, the new intro mm. graphic. Oh, Raw's war, so good. Yeah, it was the best, man. Those, you the, can't think of the Attitude Era without that fucking song. No, yeah, and when true. they went live and they had those two fireworks that streamed yeah. off the, <laughs> oh, yeah, the, the missiles, right? dude, it was crazy, man. So you knew it was on. I knew it was on. But you're yeah. right, DX, dude. That to me was my NWO. While other kids were enjoying Hogan and Hall and Nash, DX was my... Oh, DX was definitely... I'm, yeah. I'm WWF all the way. Yeah. I think we're all they WWF. They even had Mike Tyson as one of their members for a minute. They did. For a True story, dude. I was, I was at the, the appearance. I oh, went to a man. Raw. Tyson was there. It was right before <laughs> the WrestleMania where Austin won the belt from Shawn Michaels. That's so crazy. And that was a big buildup. Yeah. yeah. Austin didn't get a title shot for... It was like at least a year buildup. Well, he had his won. neck broken. Let's, yeah, to he be did. fair, uh, yeah. Owen Hart kind of dropped him on his yeah. neck. That match probably in this time wouldn't have happened because Austin was dealing with his neck problems. But also um, during Royal Rumble, Shawn Michaels faced The Undertaker and he hit his back on the oh, casket. On the casket, yeah. And it actually, oh, yeah. Uh, it actually damaged his back like really bad. They had to uh, fuse mm. fuse two of his vertebrae. Oh my! That God. match in and of itself was a miracle that it actually happened, considering the state the two competitors were in. Yeah, yeah. But that was like the 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 pinnacle. That was like the WrestleMania. Yes, was when Austin won that. That was right when WWF was in their stride. All the characters, they had good storylines, they had good factions. They had DX versus Stone Cold, which is insane to think about. Yeah. And then even after that, Rocky Maivia, one of the ultimate heels. And then Vince McMahon himself. The heel. Who who do you hate more than your boss? Yeah. Who's a son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the crazy thing is, even after that WrestleMania, um, the wars were really about ratings. Mm Mm-hmm television ratings at the time which were a big thing now they're not so much because of the internet right that, at that point i think it was 83 weeks that wcw had beaten monday night raw in the ratings yeah that's that's over what a year that's a long time for that's a company a who is basically time. a regional promotion yeah. you know run by arn anderson rick flair's four horsemen right yeah. like that's, that's crazy deal. you are listening to the most moist and creamy podcast in the world So, you know, the other thing about this was they embraced a different style of wrestling at times, too. Yes. They, they knew that they had to get away from the lumbering big dog bodybuilders. And, and yeah. there was a company that I absolutely love called ECW, yep. Extreme <laughs> Championship <laughs> Wrestling, right? I almost guarantee you. There will be a future episode on ECW. I get you. Yeah, absolutely. Get, yeah. One of us are going to put it in oh, the yes. sack, dude. We're probably all three of us are going to put it in there. <laughs> but. So, you know, the ECW angle, let's not forget, they were 
a regional company, very small. Yeah, nothing, I mean, Philly. nothing crazy about them, but they were doing things differently than anyone else. So they not were cursing, only cursing, but violence. Great technical, and technical wrestling. wrestling. Yes. And so that was a big thing. So they had all these elements, and they were so much different from WCW and WWF that both those organizations looked at it and went, oh, they're on to something here. Listen to these fans. Yes. McMahon always talked about when he gave interviews about ECW was that he got engaged because of the fan reaction. Yeah. Like he saw how the fans reacted to this stuff, and he's like, I like this. But that's the thing, man. WCW poached some ECW wrestlers to improve their roster. Dean Malenko, Saturn, like those dudes were ECW, yeah. Benoit, Guerrero. They Stone wrestled. Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, Jericho, the whole deal. So yeah. McMahon goes, wait a second. You're pulling all these ECW guys out. I want some of this. Mm-hmm. And he lets Paul Heyman, the basically founder, president, yeah. the whole deal of ECW, Invade Monday Night Raw. Do yeah. you guys remember that? Because yes, I, I remember vividly that. remember awesome. Sabu on top of the Raw sign. Yeah, Mr. Yeah. Monday Night RVD. Dude, well, it. at that time, I'd been struggling to watch ECW because oh, yeah. it was like once every seven months it'd be on Fox Sports Night or something at four yeah. in the morning. Yeah. Uh, I saw them on Raw and I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. And that <laughs> was basically McMahon cutting a deal with ECW saying, I'm going to give you some money in exchange for you guys bringing your new stuff mm. to our mm-hmm. show because we need something to compete with WCW. Yeah. And there's essentially two invasions. They had the yeah. original invasion and then they had one where Jerry Lawler went to ECW. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was a great angle. Yes. That was a great angle. But that the whole thing with ECW, and I don't want to get too deep into that yeah. mm-hmm. because it's a much larger thing. McMahon saw how popular they were, and he embraced that style, used the ECW model in the Attitude Era. So there's a larger picture to it off. There was no ECW. I don't think Attitude would would have been anything. Oh, yeah. 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 And, you know, even with WCW poaching, or I, I shouldn't say poaching, but, you know, a lot of those people weren't even getting paid. Paychecks are bouncing. There's a whole ECW story. So yeah, it's just the next step. I, I consider it like a developmental federation. Mm-hmm. And it sucked seeing some of your favorite stars from ECW mm-hmm. go up and then be ruined, like Hardcore Hack. <laughs> Raven. Raven. Hey. Like, but it also birthed stone cold like his whole new gimmick because he barely even wrestled in ecw he was cutting more interviews making fun of hogan and stuff like that yeah and even though you mentioned me earlier as a joke al snow yeah he went from ecw a lot of people liked him when he came in Mm -hmm. he he didn't do anything but it really elevated a lot of the talent yeah yeah it developed a hardcore division but the thing that I think was a little more influential as far as more technical wrestling and showing that was the development of the cruiserweight division mm, in WCW. Because yeah. you're bringing in Rey Mysterio, Chris Jericho. Oh, That's when I took notice. Moving to Guerrero, Psychosis. Yeah. Yeah. The list goes on La and Parka, on. LaParka, the Ultimo Dragon. <laughs> like. Fun fact. Dude, okay, this is not a fact. LaParka has the greatest wrestling taunt in any wrestling oh, video yeah. game ever. Dude, that chair. goofy dance <laughs> in WCW Revenge. Oh, dude, the best. So good. I, I was doing the dance. No one saw that. Oh, the park is tight, dude. <laughs> <laughs> go get an N64. Go to your local DVD, CD, record store and Flea purchase market. WCW, NWO Revenge and just load up LaParka's mm. dance, dude. It's a, it's great. So right about this time is when WWF starts creeping back in the ratings game. They start getting more viewers. Uh, because of the Stone Colds and the DX. The Shock, the Shock TV. Yeah, the Shock it. TV. 
Sable when she power bombs Mark Marrow. That was, <laughs> that was a big angle, dude. That was a big. I was deal. not a big Sable fan. She had man hands on that. I never. I <laughs> no never noticed her hands. hands. No, no one noticed her hands. No, I did not. She, See, I was a. Uh, I was never. I mean, Sable was okay, but she was like, uh, like she was my godmother's age. Yeah. So I wasn't like as a teenager. I wasn't like, oh boy, Sable. But she was gorgeous. It was always for me. It was like Trish Stratus, mm. uh, who was Lawler's wife. Remember her, Miss Kitty. Miss Kitty yeah. was a total. <laughs> Sonny. I was a um, Sonny fan. Sonny's was just gorgeous. Lita. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So Sable, but she kind of just kicked it off, you know, yeah. and kind of ran with it. And that definitely helped out to establish the Attitude Era. Remember when I was talking about in part one when WCW was releasing the results of Raw matches? Yes. They did it one time, and it was probably the worst move they could have done. And that was when Mick Foley wins the WWF championship. Absolutely, but remember that WCW Nitro main event was like Kevin Nash yeah. against some big I mean, whoever. Insert giant name here. Yeah. That was supposed to be a marquee matchup. Yeah. So they thought you're right. We're gonna pull a fast one on them. Yeah. No title change didn't work yeah. on TV. Yeah, that wasn't it was, even it was, Bishop yeah. doing it. He piped it into yeah. uh, Tony Schiavone. Tony Schiavone. Yeah. And it was Shivani's line. Oh, that'll put a lot of butts in the seat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they're like mention this, but downplay it a lot. Yeah, <laughs> it's like famous last words. Yeah, it's if like, you don't know, the commentators for wrestling usually have somebody. They have an earpiece in, and McMahon or whoever the the showrunner. Yeah, the showrunner yeah. in the back is telling them what the basically what to say. And Shivani was told to exactly what Dave said: downplay it and let the results out. So, yeah, it didn't yeah. work to their advantage. <laughs> And then probably one of the greatest bits of the the Monday Night Wars was D-Generation X invading <laughs> WCW. You're right. That was because 123Kid, Sean Waltman, he left WWF, went to WCW, turned into six. As the sixth member. Yeah. <laughs> joined it, NWO. It, it was... The first time you saw someone from WCW go to WWF. And that's what it was. He left NWO, went to WWF, and joined D-Generation X, and he cut a hard oh, promo. Yeah, yeah. He, it was a hard shoot. Hard <laughs> promo, it dude. A, it was the promo of his life, yeah. too. It really was, because he's terrible on the again. mic. Yeah, he's yeah. terrible on the mic. But that was a hard promo, man. He was crying, like basically rage crying. He was so mad. And yeah, a week later, they invaded WCW. Yeah. Well, the same thing that happened to Stone Cold yeah. happened to him. He got a fire notice in the mail. Yeah. Oh, hey, I know you're recovering, but hey, you don't have a job anymore. Good Sorry. job. And this is right after Shawn Michaels lost the title to that WrestleMania to Stone Cold. Yeah. So he was, was getting surgery. Yeah. He was like out. So Triple H had to take over DX, and he calls in his friends. You call yeah. in the click. The click. So out comes one, two, three, kid. New Age Outlaws. Oh, Road Dog Jesse James. Ned. He used That's to be the, Billy Gunn. the roadie for Honky Tonk Man. No, it was Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, Jeff, yeah. Can we talk about Jeff Jarrett? Yeah. I Don't hate, piss me off. I hate <laughs> Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett is, uh, I'm sorry, nothing about him I enjoy. He's everything wrong with the wrestling business. I Every push he got, I'm like, why is Jeff Jarrett still on my fucking TV? And why am I watching him? At best, Intercontinental Champion level. Mid-card, oh, mid-card yeah. mid wrestler, whatever. Yeah. He sold out. And for, I mean, really, they pushed him so hard, too. It, Russo loved yeah. Jarrett. Well, oh, yeah, time, they were both yeah. in WWE at the same time. Yeah. But then... When he jumps ship, Russo and him basically jump ship at the same time. And that's that's kind of when the tides started turning. All those contracts that WCW used uh, that involved creative control. 
led to a lot of backstage egos and all the older wrestlers like Hogan and Nash and Hall, they all had creative say in what they want to do. Put together that with like Ric Flair and Sting, who are like the good guys. Uh, then they have Bill Goldberg. DDP. DDP. Bill Goldberg was a direct kind of response to Stone Cold. He was like an unstoppable force. He couldn't wrestle. Yeah. Uh, there's a great match. He couldn't where, wrestle. He couldn't even really talk. There's a great match between him and Steven Regal <laughs> where he actually tries to wrestle Goldberg and it's, it yeah, makes him look like fired. a fool. Yeah, it's what I got fired. <laughs> so everything's kind of falling apart with all the younger talent. Yeah. And this was the moment when I saw that WWE was going to win. And that's when the Radicals showed up. The Radicals, yes, yes, yes. Showed up on Raw. So you got Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko, and Perry Saturn. Four very skilled, amazing wrestlers that were just trapped in mid-card, and there's nothing. You can't develop those characters anymore. That's 100%, because the NWO, they had their click, right? If you knew if you were wrestling the NWO... You were either going to lose or get your ass handed to you so hard that you you just look like a joke. So when you have 61 members in the NWO, (laughs) right? Like, dude, if you're not in the NWO, your career is basically toast. Yes. And that's what happened with these four dudes. Well, Well, even if you were in the NWO. Going back to episode one when we talked about the Wolfpack, um, a few of those guys were kind of getting tired of getting their ass kicked on TV and said, hey, I'm just going to join the NWO. (laughs) Right, dude. And we're just going to kind of be a main event portion of that. Going along with all that, we've mentioned the name a few times, Vince Russo. Mm. He was a writer. Magazine writer. Well, he was a magazine writer, later on a writer for Raw, mm. who, this will all be personal to me, Like <laughs> very much like the smell of his own shit. <laughs> um, wow, why is that personal? <laughs> some people like him still. Uh, uh, okay, he he okay. liked the smell of his own shit so much that when his contract came up, he went to WCW thinking he would be the savior. Well... The cool thing about writers is they're they're usually pretty inventive, but you always need somebody there to kind of edit, right? Which is what I would say Vince McMahon did with a lot of Vince Russo's ideas was edit them, say this will work better on TV. Don't worry. Well, when Vince Russo goes to WCW, yeah, <laughs> we get on a pole matches. Everything's on, on a, a fucking pole. On a pole, dude. Judy, Judy Bagwell. Bagwell. <laughs> yeah. On a pole. They on had this one match between Booker T and uh, Jeff Jarrett where uh, it was a box with the title yes, in it. Yeah. On yes. a pole. He grabs the box and the title just fucking falls out. <laughs> that was great, Wasn't dude. there like a, a dildo in one of those things? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I would not be surprised, dude. But no, it's interesting because, you know, the Russo thing, and, and we're getting close to where Russo really comes into play with yes. this whole Monday Night War storyline. But it's like, yeah, dude, Russo was a direct response like to WWF winning. WCW panicked because yeah, WWF you know, took TV. over the ratings war. Yeah. So they're like, oh, let's take Russo. He's the key. Man, was that a huge backfire. Here's my hot take. I think Vince McMahon sent him over there. This is exactly where I was going with that. I am not a conspiracy theorist in anything in my life. However, I am a subscriber to the fact that McMahon put Russo at WCW. And said, just blow it up, dude. Here's hot. a million bucks under the table. Blow it up. Have fun. Yeah. Hot Have take. Fun. Hot take. I got your, your retirement plan right there. Exactly. Take care of this dude. Because things got ridiculous. Horrifying. Celebrities. David pop culture celebrities. David Arquette. Yeah. Uh, uh, that was a great movie, by the way. Uh, Ready to rumble. <laughs> I, I did see that in theaters. I'm ashamed to admit it. Yeah, me it, too. 
dang. Yeah. Uh, what other celebrities? Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman, Carmelo, Jay Leno. Jay Leno. And WWE did that a lot with their WrestleMania. But they had good contemporary. Yeah. Like Drew Carey in the Royal Rumble. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you think of it as the right guy now, but at the time, he was a pretty hot commodity. They, Absolutely. They, they yeah. enjoy, he had a decent comedy thing yeah. going on. But they didn't let him win the title. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Hell no. This is Casey Kasem. I got a request from a man in Poughkeepsie asking for the best podcast in the land, and you're not listening to it. They're listening to the No One Is Listening podcast. So WCW is just kind of dwindling their credibility. Yeah, because it's every week. NWO, 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 right? And then like, okay, that, I got it, it, guys. Vince Russo, which is not NWO every week. It is weird shit, angles, Shot from houses trying to relive the Pillman angle we were talking about yeah, earlier. Yeah. Uh, there was one where somebody invaded Ric Flair's house mm. and tried to torture his family. Things that when you these takes some of these things takes a skilled hand to write. Yeah. I know it's wrestling, but it still would take a halfway skilled hand to write this correctly. Well, absolutely, but keep in mind, so now the WWF has regained their stranglehold mm-hmm. in ratings. WCW panics. Bischoff is on the outs. He's, you know, the broadcast network, the big dogs in the boardroom paying the money, writing the checks. They're looking at Bischoff going like, hey, dude, Attitude Era, Stone Cold, yeah. DX, what's your answer? What are you going to do? Oh, Hall and Nash, Hall and Nash, Hogan, Hogan, yeah, Hogan. Same old trick. Guys, it's not working. It's not working. They so, even lost ICP to WWE. <laughs> <laughs> so WWF is now the hot commodity, whereas the NWO was forever. So yeah, they had to bring in Russo. And the reason why I think WCW went so off the rails, not only because of McMahon plant, but like when you <laughs> yes. have a when you have a board of directors writing checks, millions and millions of dollars, and you're losing in ratings, they go, you do whatever it takes, yeah. week to week. To figure out how you beat them in ratings. But they don't have the blank check anymore, so it's right. figured out. Right. <laughs> and it's so like that's why you got so many weird, absurd things that just didn't match up. And WWF is keeping their storylines, just keeping the they're towing the line, basically. Before this, there was also or before Russo, there was also this big thing that happened. Goldberg went on a winning streak. Oh, what yeah, was it like the streak? Goldberg. Yeah. Goldberg. Yeah. Go- well, yeah. people were getting behind him. I was never a big fan, but people were getting behind him. He was getting loud cheers. Yeah, he was just squashing he was winning. everyone. He was just destroying everybody yeah. until he wins the championship against Hogan. That was actually the last time they won in the ratings. Mm-hmm. He wins against Hogan, and a few months later, Kevin Nash beats him. Scott Hall comes out, he cattle prods him because that, oh, yeah. that, yeah. that wouldn't kill wow. anybody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they did that whole extravagant thing of Dude. him winning. And then? Uh, the finger poke of doom. Yes. That killed it. That killed it. That yep. killed WCW. To explain Dude. this, Hogan was coming back and he wanted the title. So what happened was on a Nitro, it was supposed to be Nash versus Hogan. They go to lockup. Nash leans back. Hulk Hogan pokes him with one finger. Nash sells it, falls on the ground, and Hogan pins him. One, two, three. They get up. They celebrate. NWO is back. Yay. So you guys can't see. I'm shaking my head in disgust. Like, genuine disgust. (laughs) Yeah. Dude, I get it, man. Wrestling is premeditated, scripted. But, man, that sucked. Oh, yeah. Oh, big time. Everyone There was no payoff. Yeah. None Man, whatsoever. It sucks now just thinking about it. Listening to you describe that, I re- relive the like oh, that whole thing time. in my head. I'm like, yeah. what a bummer, dude. Mm-hmm. Like that's just that ma- that makes such a mockery of everything. And this is even after um 
It's right after this. No, it was before this. Bret Hart ended up leaving WWF for oh, yeah. WCW. Oh, totally misused. Misused, becomes a special guest enforcer for the Sting versus yeah, Hogan match. Yeah, the Starcade, yeah. And then he becomes part of the NWO with Hogan. Yep. So any match that we ever wanted, or anything that we ever wanted was a Hogan versus Bret match, never happened mm. just because of basically Hogan, because they had creative control. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Brett got jacked by Goldberg. Well, with yeah, <laughs> later on, Brett gets kicked in the head and yeah. his life turns into a fucking ash heap. Oh <laughs> well, he gets a concussion. It didn't it break his eye socket or something crazy? Uh, I don't know if it was that bad. It was a really bad concussion, yeah. which caused him to have a stroke. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's, it's, it's sad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens. And meanwhile, WWF's still mixing things up. The Stone Cold McMahon feud, uh, the hospital scene. Oh, man. Oh, the bedpan. The yeah. bedpan. Oh, my God. It's so good. <laughs> the Rock, dude. His yeah. promos. The Rock's were promos electric. were electric. Just talking um, shit. That's all he did. Yeah, that's all he great. did. Talk he wasn't shit. even that good a wrestler. He just talked some really good but shit. But he had some great moves, and that's what WWF oh. did better than WCW. Is that you had the People's Elbow. You had, dude, you that's, had Socko. Let me tell you about the People's the Elbow. Stunner. I thought that was really cool. Until I invited a friend over, and we're watching the Royal Rumble, and he's like, oh my god, what's he going to do? He's running the ropes. <laughs> he hits the elbow and looks at me and he's like, that's it? It's like, oh, fuck. Yeah, but the <laughs> I, guess, I guess it's not really that impressive, is it? But most of the finishing moves, outside of the jackhammer, razor's edge, and a few other, Death Valley Driver, yeah. you know, they were kind of lame, like Savage's elbow, the leg drop, you know. It's mm. just, yeah. But that people's elbow, man, that was... It was all style. Amazing, dude. Yeah. The performers are so good. Like, you could combine anyone together. The yeah. Rock and Sock connection. Yeah. Mick Foley, The Rock. Unbelievable magic. Yeah. Comedy meets the serious yeah. shit talker. Yeah. They had an episode of Raw where it was This Is Your Life. Oh, uh, classic. Yep. Mick Foley, Mankind, celebrates The Rock's birthday. <laughs> It's like a 25-minute segment. Yeah. Right. Just to get to the Poontang Pie. Yeah. People, right. McMahon was pissed. But you know what? The ratings came up the next day. I don't know if it's a real number. I think I heard they say it was 9.9 million people tuned in to watch that it's segment. It's just nuts, dude. Yeah, it wasn't even a wrestling match. No, it was just a segment. It's nuts. The high, one of the highest rating segments in Raw history. Just by combining two dudes. Yeah. WCW wasn't going to like invent anything new. They weren't. No, there was no creativity. There was no innovation. Everything and was. And when stolen. they did, it was corny as shit. Mm-hmm. It totally. And you got to think. It goes back to the whole like lower mid card on WCW getting frustrated, disappointed, whatever. But the lower mid card in WWF, even though they're forgettable people like Test. You guys remember <laughs> Test? Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. You talking about the, the roadie, the roadie from Molly Crew? Right. It's like <laughs> Val Venus, uh, uh, Viscera, choppy, choppy. Um, <laughs> Scotty Too Hotty. No, 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 no. Too, too cool was with Rikishi. Way fucking over. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But that's what I'm getting at. Their lower and mid card in WWF yeah. was so yeah. much better than mm-hmm. WCW's lower mid card. Oh, because yeah, those guys are getting. Crazy cheers. Right, because WWF allowed them to do their own gimmicks, but their top card at WWF was so fresh, dude. Oh, yeah. Not only was it fresh, but at the time, and wrestling before even this was, usually there was one top guy. You had Flair in the 80s. You had Well, you had Hogan in the 80s, Flair before that. Warrior for a minute. But this was the only time they basically had two Hogans, I, I would say, ever in wrestling. 
that they had two Hogans right there. Yeah. They had the Stone Cold, who was a fucking supernova, and the Rock, who was, even now, he's super relevant. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Megastar. But, like, at that time, th- th- these guys were just both sons. They were, it would be yeah. like the Earth having two sons. Yeah. It wouldn't be livable, but... <laughs> True. <laughs> this is ridiculous. This never happens. Yeah. This would be the Patriots versus the Patriots. Michael Jordan and LeBron James together, together. in their yeah. prime. Yes. Okay. They're both that, in their prime on the same team. That is exactly mm. the, what happened yes. in WWF Attitude Era. I still think they don't win those wars without those two guys coming no, together dude. at the same time. Those two guys were like getting two third round draft picks and they become superstars because <laughs> yes. that's what it was. Yeah, because the NWO literally was going to bankrupt McMahon, you know, mm-hmm. was going to bankrupt WWF. They just had to keep swimming, <laughs> keep swimming, keep swimming. <laughs> Welcome to Vince McMahon's Impact Wrestling. <laughs> oh, boy. Ugh. But because of that, you know, you had the two sons, Austin, Rock, you had the cast of characters, great. But you still, once again, you have the dead horse over at WCW. Oh, big yeah. time. I mean, it was the finger poke of doom. So you're talking about the self-destruction of WCW. Yeah. It's that finger poke, dude. Where did they go from there? How did WWF just never look back after that point? If you're a listener, go watch those WCW episodes starting from that point, Absolutely. and you'll understand why. And what's hilarious, personal connection, that's when I started watching WCW. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> right. Oh, years. Great when they had like all the tribal designs. Yes. Thunder. <laughs> Thursday oh, Night Thunder. Can we talk about the worst WCW logo ah, ever? It was oh, dude. <laughs> So bad. I, I don't know what brought me into it. I really do think it was the fact that it was just so stupid. Because I would have, I would watch Raw live, and I would videotape WCW Nitro on another television on the yeah. VCR. I watch it the next day, and at the time, SmackDown wasn't a big thing. Like the Thunder was out before SmackDown, and mm-hmm. SmackDown slowly. Oh, yeah. Thunder, I mean, they released yeah. it. So, Chunder. <laughs> but I think it was a matter of the video games that brought me into WCW because N64 had oh, just oh, come yeah. out, yeah. and the WCW talking about here Revenge yeah. NWO Revenge was like the game that me and all my friends played. So I'm like, oh, cool. Who are all these characters? Let me watch WCW. And by that time, it was the downfall of of WCW. But it hooked me, and then I just started watching these grotesque angles <laughs> of just like Brian Adams and Vincent leading some weird NWO to battle Alex Styles, Lash LaRue, Lash LaRue, Norman Smiley doing the big oh, wiggle, Norman dude. Smiley. Uh, hardcore I'm getting champ. really angry over here because you forgot to mention Chronic. Oh, Chronic. Oh, oh yeah, oh, dude. Brian Adams, Brian Clark. Uh, <laughs> it was so bad, Horace, which was billed yeah. as Hogan's what nephew or something. Yeah, yeah. Horace yeah. Hogan. Yeah, this oh. is awful, dude. This is terrible. Nash and Hall were Scott nowhere Norton. to be seen. Oh, oh do you remember Fire Scott Norton? Yeah, vicious and delicious. Oh. <laughs> that stuff was so bad. Also, Buff Bagwell. Yeah. No hot takes here. He's a shitty wrestler. Terrible wrestler. Yeah. Scott Steiner, Big Papa Pump. Yep. Miserable character. And that's the thing, man. But I watched it out of pure joy. Like, it was just so bad. It was just, it was reminded me. Yeah, it was. It was so bad. But I did. I watched that. But what pulled me back into WWF always was just their, their top card. Yes. Mm-hmm. I do want to kind of talk about how the NWO had their thing. They had this ridiculous list of characters. WWF had something that was, to me, as fascinating as the NWO was to other people. And it harkens back to the ECW thing. It was the WWF Hardcore Championship, which is also a staple of the (laughs) Attitude Era. For me, one of the greatest storylines. I mean, they had, what, 200 champions? 
Well, two hundred plus. There, there was really only one champion in my heart, and will always Pat be Patterson, Crash Holly. Oh, Crash Holly, Crash in the Holly, in the ball pit. Oh, uh, the ball pit. <laughs> when people would randomly find him out in public and try to. <laughs> so that so that's the thing. Good. This title was was given as a joke to mankind, Mick Foley by yeah. McMahon, as like, "Hey, we're going to reward you with this piece of garbage title." And the joke was, Mick Foley loved it. He thought it was the greatest thing ever. He yeah. bought into it, made it a genuine title. So if you look, I mean, the whole thing was you can get pinned at any point in time. You don't have to have a sanctioned match. As long as there was a referee around, you could win the title. So, I mean, you had like Pete Gass, Funaki, Rodney, and <laughs> Joey Abs from the Mean Joey Street Posse. Abs. You had Crash Holly, you guys mentioned. <laughs> what was that fucking test trying to say Joey Abs? Because he has a Canadian accent. Uh, he sound like he was saying Chewy Abs. <laughs> <laughs> This was great, man. Raven, when he came back to WWF, he won. The the Raven thing's funny because him, Big Show, and Kane had a hardcore match during one of the WrestleManias. And they were backstage, and one of them almost ran over the power cable to, oh, yeah, like, yeah. everything. Wow. So that would have canceled the whole show if they actually did that. To me, it was great, though. When Spike Dudley made it to WWF, Tommy yeah. Dreamer, that hardcore championship, man. Stevie yeah. Richards, just incredible. It gave the ECW staples like a, a platform at WWF, like a credible platform. And it was so entertaining, though. <laughs> but then WCW tried their hardcore championship. Yeah, uh, hardcore hack. Where they had like junkyard yeah. matches where yeah. people were like literally fighting in junkyards. Norman Smiley wearing full football pads and helmet. Hockey. <laughs> yeah, hockey pads. Hockey yeah. It was just so absurd, dude. And that was to me, when you watch those two side by side, you watch a superior professional product in mm. the WWF versus a cheesy rip off joke at WCW. And I think every other viewer saw it too. And it was interesting researching this again and watching some of the footage. You can see fans' faces at WCW events just disappear. Oh, yeah. What, no, all I, 700 of them? <laughs> I went to a Thunder taping, and I was like, we got to go. Yeah. This is so bad. It it was terrible. Yeah. And so, but, I mean, that is what brought its demise. That's, that's quality it. Quality like that. Yeah. And then there was that fateful day. When Vince McMahon showed up on Nitro, I was I was at yeah I was you were there I was, I was in boot camp really. Yeah. Vince McMahon shows up. He says, "I now own this." It was weird, man, because there was no. I mean, once again, I wasn't a big internet. Uh, yeah. There wasn't a big internet thing back then. And I remember I showed up and I remember exactly where we were sitting at the Quick Loans Arena. It was Gund Arena back then. Mm. But I do remember <laughs> it. The show started yeah. with that. Yeah. And we were all like, what? You know, it was just one of those collective, like, what the fuck across the entire arena. Mm. The other day, I was like, just trying to bring back some of my own personal memories. And my brain's shot. My brain's fried. But we got to this level because the Raw was beating Nitro 20 to 1 in rating, yeah. you know? So they had to sell. Turner wanted to get rid of. WCW because yeah, it was a was junk product. Yeah. It was also they were doing a, um, a merger with yeah they were doing a merger with AOL. AOL. Yeah. AOL. You know you the, what created WCW is ultimately what killed WCW. What mm. what started it off yeah. killed it, which was aging superstars. Yeah, yeah. The, you know WCW collected a roster of WWF's aging superstars. And what happens? They get older. Yeah. And more boring. And the leg drop gets <laughs> lower <laughs> and lower. <laughs> and, and, you know, but you lured them away with that creative control. Exactly. And, you know, it, it ultimately, it was 
going to defeat them. So that's it, man. So Time Warner, AOL, Turner, the merger, they go, all right, we got this property. It's losing $65 million a year. We got to cut it. And no one knew what was going to happen to WCW. Bischoff was going to come in, buy it with a, an investor. And uh, no one knew what was going to happen to WCW. So, yeah, when McMahon showed up and said, hey, I own WCW, that was, that was it. That was the final blow. And how many years did that take? Six, seven years? Battled hardcore? About man. six. Yeah. Great run. Yeah. Do you know how much he purchased WCW, the rights for? No. Oh. $2.5 yeah. million. Dollars. It was oh, bad. my God. Yeah. Some of the wrestlers heard that and be like, we would have bought it. And pulled it together. It wasn't. He wasn't really buying the company no, per se. The he was buying rights. the copyrights to the tapes and everything. Yeah, because he wasn't going to do anything else. No. So WWE wins. They do an awful invasion angle later on the ro- road, but that's not what this podcast. About. No, this was no, about no. the war. Yeah, no. and it was the best wrestling you were going to see because everyone had to pull out all the stops. You're not going to see yeah. anything like that. There's not. Any viable competition nowadays? Nothing, dude. No. My entire wrestling load was blown. Yeah. After the Monday Night oh, Wars yeah. was over, because I ECW was dead, basically. What a sad life. And <laughs> and, and, and I came at eighteen and I never came again. I never came back. No one is listening. Podcast is brought to you by the sound of soft farts. I've been watching wrestling for a couple of years. Me and my buddies got back into it because right. <laughs> baseball season ended, basketball season or uh, basketball season ended. Baseball's kind of uh, you know you can only watch so many games on TV. So we're like, what are we gonna do to drink? And I'm like, yeah. oh, we'll watch wrestling on Sunday nights. So me and my buddies got back into it kind of hard in the past. couple <laughs> Not of mostly years. Saturdays. Yeah. Saturdays are yeah. Saturdays are way pristine. Yeah, the NXT is a perfect balance between what. ECW was with technical wrestling and today. I think we should all kind of mention one of your favorite moments about the war and then we can bring it all home, man. I literally can do multiple podcasts just about my favorite moments here, right? My favorite moments, and we've already collected a bunch of them so far Mm -hmm. in these last two episodes. Some of the weirder things that I remember standing out for example, is Gilbert. Like, so Goldberg was such a phenomenon in WCW. And at that time, I was not a WCW fan. I said it a thousand times, but I knew he was a global character now. Goldberg, mm-hmm. Bill Goldberg, was a huge character. He was a popular character. Maybe not to you, but yeah. Right, but to so many other people. So WWF had a jobber, which if you don't know what a jobber is, is basically a dude that they put in the ring to, to make, make the other wrestlers look good. Exactly. So Dwayne Gill was a lifelong jobber. He had one, you want to talk about ugly Lex Luger hair, Dwayne Gill. Ooh. Look up some of Dwayne Gill's he hair. He was more of a Hogan hair guy. Oh, it's miserable <laughs> hair, dude. So they turned Dwayne Gill this lifelong jobber who's like this wimpy, skinny, little, like, old dude. He was skinny fat. Skinny fat, dude. Yeah, he was like a guy on a boat. Like, yeah. he was perpetually on a boat. He, <laughs> they shaved his head, gave him a little goatee, put on some oversized elbow pads, and literally lit sparklers on stage and turned him into a Goldberg ripoff, dude. It was some of the funniest like cheesy, <laughs> ridiculous stuff ever, man. You guys gotta go the, back. The fucking one where he got lost. 
Yes. Because <laughs> yeah, Goldberg's whole shtick was he, you know, they had to go get him in the locker room. Oh, he was yeah. so dangerous. They had to have referees and police officers escort him to the ring because he was just nuts, right? So the camera would follow Bill Goldberg through the backstage area into the ring. Yeah, and Dwayne Gill, Gilberg, totally just got lost. And I think he, I think he ended up in a hardcore match, you know, backstage or something. Oh, but Gilberg, to me, epitomized, you know, that whole era, just yeah. mocking this this but they did it so well um but a couple other things real quick because i know we we gotta wrap this up y2j yes chris jericho he was the only reason i watched wcw when i didn't watch wcw the man of a thousand and four holes was the best promo i've ever seen in my entire life (laughs) jericho credenza yeah and and now that you guys you guys may know this is there a jericho like best of wcw Documentary floating out on the network. Yeah. Holy yeah. smokes, dude. I'd have to check it out. Because yeah. that would be, that's what I want. Even the ECW days with Jericho yeah. was good. Yeah. But, yeah, but he hit his stride because he could do all that because no one cared about the mid card. Exactly. No one cared. He, he was could probably the best. type in best. 10 WCW Jericho promos on uh, <laughs> just on the, him on the mis- YouTube mispronouncing his opponent's name like <laughs> Prince Akimaki for Prince Iakea and like <laughs> oh, just, it was gold yeah gold. so Jericho defecting from WCW WWF the Y2J gimmick the Millennium it, Man absolutely yeah. and then the TLC Yes. Tables, ladders, and chairs. That yep. defined yeah. attitude to me. Yeah. That was ECW mainstream. The Dudley Boys going to... I was really worried about that, but um, I knew the Dudley Boys are good. Oh, the yeah. Dudley Boys in ECW. That's a whole other podcast. They were able to translate enough of what they did. They, into yeah, the they kind of transcend both of the companies. They became their own They're thing. in the Hall of Fame, right? Yeah. W- yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. There you go. Yep. That's all you got to know. So, <clears> okay, I could go on and on. What do you guys... Remember, what are your faves? Uh, we'll go with the beer truck. Oh, yeah, uh, okay. Austin pulls up in a beer truck. Hold on, there uh. we go. <laughs> <laughs> when uh, um, get him, Vince McMahon was trying to present the title, I think it was to the Undertaker or somebody. Yeah, I think it was, was it a ministry thing? I think so. They had that's when they had the dumbass like red carpet in the ring yeah. and the pedestal yeah. for the belt. And they had the stooges. Oh no, that was the Zamboni. Oh yeah, the Zamboni. That was the Zamboni. The beer truck is when Vince and Shane were in the ring and Stone Cold comes down with a beer truck and just sprays the shit out of them with beer. <laughs> Vince McMahon's actually on the mat swimming. Yeah. Which <laughs> oh, so good. sounds dumb as hell, but when you watch it, it fucking works. It works. This is a oldie but a goodie. The Rock, when he came back, became part of the Nation of Domination. <laughs> True. Mm. Uh, they were like, what's Rocky Maivia doing here? Oh, my God. And he started rolling more into his rich boy uh, yeah, yeah. persona. Yeah, the turtleneck sweaters giving, and stuff. Yeah. The, yeah, turtle sauce, Jesus, in the yeah. fanny pack. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, gold chain. Oh, beautiful. Gives the Nation of Domination outside of Farouk. Uh, Rolex watches gives Farouk a picture of himself. Farouk at the that time was, was the great. Leader. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then... The night he uh, turned on Farouk, oh, yeah. he's just standing in the ring. The nation's up there with Farouk because you're thinking, oh, they're going to go against The Rock. And he just raises that goddamn eyebrow and they start beating the shit out of Farouk. And I was so incensed about that fucking <laughs> wow, eyebrow. Dude. I was so mad about the eyebrow. I was like, put that away. But yeah, that's really everything else that we've really hit on hard. So, Dave? My top thing is the Hell in the Cell. Oh, Jesus. Mankind Damn. versus Black Undertaker. Black Box watched it live. 
Oh yeah, my god! I watched it live too. I watched it live with my friends. It was. I thought it was really dead. Insane. Yeah, dude. Uh, understated part of the Hell in the Cell yeah. was Jim Ross's cell job. Oh yeah. Of that. Oh, Jim Ross. He made me yeah. think that he was dead. Broken in half. Oh, was the a- shitty part about that is the planned spot, which was him going mm-hmm. off the cage through the table. Yeah, the the one through the, the top of the cage. Choke slam through the top of the cage. Which, Whoa. I didn't think he looked as bad as the one off the top of the cage was the worst one. He said it, it like broke half his body. It, it knocked his like. teeth out. Yeah. yeah. That's insane. Well, the chair landed on his face. Yeah. Oh, my God. If you haven't seen that match, you got to watch that match. I it, think any wrestling fan yeah, in the last 30 have years has seen that match. Yeah. <laughs> I would the highlights. Um, and probably one of the most moments that I remember vividly was the death of Owen Hart. Oh, man. When that happened, it was like, Everything was different right then. Like yeah. Watching the pay per view, watching you know, I shut it off. I couldn't. yeah, that's well, it felt kind of gross but, to but me. Mad respect for Owen Hart. Yeah, he, what was frustrating about that is Owen Hart finally came into his own. That mm-hmm. Blue Blazer character was fantastic, and yeah, Owen were, Hart they, was always was one of my favorite really pure wrestlers because yeah. I always respected the wrestling, and that could be a whole other podcast. Is yeah. actual technical wrestling, the Benoits, and yeah. you know the guys who actually knew their craft, <laughs> the Dungeon. <laughs> oh, yeah, old, yeah. But Owen Hart was co- he was a real wrestler. He was a real professional wrestler, and I enjoyed his matches. So when but he, he had yeah. a he he had a great personality too. Unlike his oh, brother, it was fantastic Brett. on the um, mic, dude. Yeah, that was one of the pay per views I didn't get or didn't go see, and I remember because I. St- I was a kid, still lived in my parents' house. I woke up that morning to go to school, and my mom was like, hey, there was a wrestler that died. And I was like, what? Like, I remember that conversation, because you never hear that. You know, like, yeah, someone died at the pay-per-view last night. And I'm thinking, like, oh, my God, was it? You know, because that's when they were doing hardcore stuff. But, yeah, to find out that he, you know, he perished the way he did, that's just... Unbelievable. So yeah, and the huckster, the huckster. <laughs> which the I remembered huckster. when I was taking a pee in between recording these. It was yeah, the man. old version of Hulk Hogan. So that was the that was the, full yeah, the WWF a, response to yeah. the NWO, or now it was just WCW in general. Well, thank you guys for in, going on this journey of reliving the Monday Night Wars with me. <sighs> This I'm telling it you, it was good, man. I, I had a lot of fun doing this. One. This one was a, a a great topic, but also a curse. Yeah, because I want to keep talking about. This. I really. We it, always have season two. Coming that's up. true. This was a struggle to try to condense because I mean, your guys' notes were great in this. Yeah. So, but um, what we need to do is figure out what we're talking about next. And how do we do that? The magic sack. Oh. So if you guys don't know, what we do is we have topics that we put into a sack at random. They are drawn and we speak about them. So it may or may not be real human skin. So it's the face of Weird Al Yankovic. So now I think I'm officially out of topics. Are you really? Yes, officially. So each one of us have put five topics into this magic sack for season one of the No One Is Listening podcast, which you can subscribe to on iTunes. Also leave us a rating. Anyway. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to reach in right through the can crayon. If you don't know what can cran is, cranberry sauce is in a cran. Like can cran, dude. Shelly, Casey Canem's can cran. If you're international, I'm sorry. All right, so it's blue. That's one of Who's mine. Blue. Oh, so it's your last one. Is it my last one? No, I think so. Second to last one. I oh think no, you have two. two. I have two more. All right, I'm gonna. Re- I, mean, I don't know what it is. Oh, it's gonna be awful. <laughs> Probably if it's my topic, it's gonna be, gonna be more awful than mine. All right, dude. All right. I this is gonna be great. Okay, it better be. <laughs> your topic. Yeah. We've already. <laughs> this is gonna be so good. Off Vince air. Russo over here smelling his own shit. <laughs> well, this is gonna fit in very nicely with what we talked about before we recorded this episode oh, today. Nice. Two thousands era Adult Swim. Oh, oh okay. Boom. All right. All right. 
That's my prime, baby. I like that. A little bit of Tim and Eric, a little bit of Aqua Team, uh, a little bit of Sea Lab, Space Ghost, Space Ghost, you name it, dude. Oh, so two thousands era, and it could be into the two thousand tens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll doesn't find matter. Some stuff. All right, that's good. So Adult Swim boys. Thank you for everyone listening. Um, I know there's a lot. We want you to tell us your favorite parts of the Monday Night Wars. So connect with us online. You can hit us up on Twitter, at Noyle Podcast. Tell us your favorite moments. Um, you can hit me up at Known as Chris on Twitter. You can hit me up at David underscore V underscore Roth on Twitter. Drake <laughs> uh, Dangerson won. Uh, on Twitter, you can put the at sign in front of it if you really want to. It's yeah. probably going to find oh, yeah. yeah. So subscribe to this podcast. Tell your friends. Pass it along. Contribute. Send me all the stunner videos. Dude. I want to see Stone yeah. Cold stunner compilation videos. Those are Just awesome, Just go to a Bill's uh, <laughs> tailgate. <laughs> That's true. So, hey, thanks for listening to No One Is Listening, and uh, we will catch you next time. This is Kid Bugles. Peace. Some calling you out, boy. I understand you want to talk about me on Monday Night Wars, huh? You don't make me mad, man. Let me tell you something, man. I'm going to bust you up. I'm going to take you and You got to remember when the mermaid comes into the sphere. And then it's up. 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 In the air. And down with the jammer, baby. And then that's one, two, three. It's all over with, brother. You can't handle the bird, man. You hear it? Remember, thanks for listening to the No One's Listening Podcast. Ha, ha, ha.